Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! It's that time again, sports fans. Not even sports fans, all fans. We don't want to discriminate. Amen. Welcome to The DK Project. Episode 82. Woo. Kicking it old school. Mr. Terry P's back in the house, and we are uh, going down some rabbit holes that we didn't know we were going down. I uh, thought we'd bring the cast along for the little adventure, get a little deeper in the rabbit hole. It's uh, late on a Friday after work, and we're uh, we're doing the deep dive. How are you, sir? Very good, thank you, sir. We are uh, we're working on Terry's greeting because. He just likes to get right into it. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to know, like, cut all the small talk. Let's just dive right into it. All right, I'll open this one up in a more cordial fashion. Oh, all right. Here's an old saying I just made up. <laughs> With friends like me, who needs enemas? <gasps> and on that setup, I have to admit, in mm-hmm. all our authenticity, the D and the T of the DK show, um, I brought in a few bottles of Modelo. So you haven't gotten very far. I'm not my first one, but uh, I told him Rogan smokes weed and we're going to have a beer. So uh, that's what we got going on. And uh, I just had to say that. And uh, so I'm taking him down a slippery slope. He hasn't had a drink in how long? Oh God. Be honest. It's uh, in June and in June, it'll July. It'll be five years. So five years with friends like me, who needs animus. Yeah, Exactly. You're, Arrest my case. Hello, Satan. <laughs> hello, Satan. By the way, I'm gonna need a ride home. Get me behind you, Satan. <laughs> I uh, no, I, I I don't know about the beer, but the fireball is pretty good. Oh, I, I guess in full disclosure, I brought a very small bottle of small. Beer. Yeah, very traveler. Small. The it traveler was, it was actually a half a traveler. Up. That's all right. So anyway, what do we got on the docket today? What uh. What's the latest, greatest, man? Hey, I wanted to ask you about um, something, and I forgot what it was. I know what it was, because you've been trying to ask me it since my very first minute I sat okay. in this chair. Do tell. What you, was it? Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah, there's a Jimmy Buffett. That was isn't that what it? I was thinking was it, of, but that no, wasn't it? No, we'll take that, though. What do you got? You, you've been at, trying to ask me that for hours and hours. You know what I thought of Jimmy Buffett the other day? Because there was a, um, uh, he has that play in the Hemisphere Dancer. It's a, uh, he's God, a, he's a pilot. Oh yeah. 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 I was going to be all smart about it. Let Look it go. up. I, uh, I got a Googler. Did you know I was a pilot? No. I got to solo and then the FAA didn't like the meds I take cause I'm old man. Well, so but this I is recent. To, yeah. I got to fly, take off, do tons of landings by myself, tip my wings to the neighborhood and all that. Well, they, uh, so I'm in Excelsior the other day and there's a, uh, a plane flying over and it was just, you know, I don't want to be all go weird, ahead weird about it, but it was just beautiful the way it was flying and it was a unique plane. Um, it, uh, it wasn't like, you know, the normal ones, like a normal seaplane. They, they're, uh, a very unique, it's, a, it's called a, uh, Grumman Albatross. It flies out of Anoka. He flew out on here. It's blue, light yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah. And it and it just goes through the air so beautifully. They're gorgeous. And I'm like, that's exactly what Jimmy Buffett flies. That's his plane's called the Hemisphere Dancer. There, I think he decommissioned it now, but so he he did maybe he fly the himself. Call him. Huh? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it? yeah. I think he did. I probably not all the time, but those land in the water. Yep. On the belly. Yep. And it's re- I didn't see this this one here. Uh, land, but do you boy. know what the last year's Oshkosh show? One of those flipped over because some guy was the the waves were big, and he caught it cross wind with a with the waves catching him from the side. It flipped over and they died. A Grumman albatross. Yep. Have you ever been or heard of a um a flight show? Uh, what do they call that? Air show? The Oshkosh one, where someone hasn't died. <laughs> They're the <laughs> yeah, most dangerous right. thing you can attend. It's like that. My old saying I love to say is, uh, "People hardly ever die here." You know, whenever you're doing something, you see somebody go, 
You know, people, however, die, however, they ever die when we do this. And then people always give you that look. Hold my beer. Except for the one time, then you say. <laughs> you got to have that right pause. The one time this week. Yeah. You got to have the right break in there. So what's your Jimmy Buffett story? All right. Going back to the first time, Tom must have said, ask him this question oh, or something. I do have a list of Tom's Yeah. Stuff. So, so we were in New Orleans at a regular season game, and um, I was... Doing balls, as they say, which sounds like a drinking game, but it isn't. Say that. that just means you're the ball boy. Yeah, it's doing so, some balls. That's right. <laughs> so I, I was a ball boy, and when you do a ball <laughs> that's boy, why, that's why nobody wants to share a room with you when you're on the road. <laughs> Are you the guy who does balls? Yeah, yeah I've heard about you. So, um, so you start on one side of the field, and then at half you switch. So I'm on this side. I'm on the Saints side. Oh, and. Uh, and someone said, hey, did you see Jimmy Buffett over there? And I'm like, where's Jimmy Buffett? Last time I saw him on an album, he was like 30-some years old. And, you know, and I also thought he was tall. And he's this little short guy. Yeah. And he has no hair and he no wears hair. a baseball hat. Uh -huh. And I'm like, which one's Jimmy? And I go, that guy. So I go, I walked up to him and I said, hey, um, at least you're not in North Dakota in a freaking trailer. And he goes, huh? Cause there's that song, at least they don't live in a trailer. And he goes, what? And I said, it's your song, man. And he goes, oh yeah. And so we yucked it up the whole game and Brian Cranston was standing next to us. And he, yeah. I just, I, I, I should have talked to him, but we had so much fun. What are these guys doing on the sidelines of a base or a football game? Because the head coach of the saints is their buddy. And he's like a celebrity guy who loves celebrities. So there, he lets him down there. Oh. So and you, you like the saints coach? Well, there goes the story. Oh, so when, let's stick to the Jimmy Buffett story. No, he he's just funny. I he he's a very good guy. Did you get his number? No. Can we dial him up? No, I didn't get his number. I don't want his number. You know. What's your favorite he, Jimmy Buffett song? Uh, the one where uh, um, the, he he's been a, a fan of the ocean since he was three feet tall. That one. Terry is thinking of the Jimmy Buffett classic, A Pirate Looks at 40. Mm -hmm. That is a great song. So uh, so I kept going over there. We, we, he's just got a good sense of humor, and we were just having fun. And, you know, you, 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 there's just a lot of fun people. Like there was Tool Time Tim was once in Detroit, and we just had the greatest time. He is just- He's an animal, isn't he? He is the funniest. He's a seventh grader. <laughs> Here's an inappropriate thing I did there. So- I, I was a ball boy there too at the time and I had two balls and I went up to him and we'd been goofing around a lot before that. And I said, Hey man, I don't usually say this to guys, but you can touch my balls. And so his wife's standing next to him and he just, she, she just rolls her eyes and he's like, oh, 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 oh. that's his real laugh. Uh, and so, uh, I heard he's kind of a dink. No, he's the nicest guy ever. He's funny. He's, he's driving his, his kids, his teenage kids nuts, just like a dad would. He's just a, a they just, were all on the field. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a he's just a normal person, but Warren Buffett was down there once too, and he was absolutely phenomenal. He he pulled you in like he. Act, I've never met anyone like him. I met Kurt Carlson back years ago in the Super Bowl, and Kurt grabbed me and said, "You know, what's your name? Where do you live? What do you do?" He wouldn't let me go. He had me for you know ten minutes asking me questions. I'm thinking, what? I just went up to him to say, "Hey, thanks for bringing the Super Bowl here." You know, and him and his daughter and. So I heard he was a terrible one to work for, but man, was he a salesman. So really? whether Warren was that too, but Warren was friends with a big Somalian guy and he, he came and he had his jersey on and, but Warren was the sweetest, sweetest human being you could ever imagine. Just a kind, kind hearted, very slow, never in a hurry. Really? Just like he was fully retired, you know, for 15 years and you'd never know he was the power that he was. So- but anyone who gave away 40 of his 44 billion and then regained it to 70 billion, you know, he gets it. He, there was an article that, that he said his wife was supposed to give it away, but then she died early. And he said, the thing about wealth is it was always meant to give back to society. He said, I always believe that. He said, when we were in college, I said to my honey, honey, I'm going to be rich someday. And she said, that's nice, dear. She didn't believe me, he said. <laughs> well, he turned out that he had this gift. He said, I have a gift. And turned out he did. But he said, I, I always thought the money you make, you give back to society, but you get to give it back on your terms based on your principles. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And he said, he actually gave it to the Gates Foundation. He said, you know, honestly, I don't align with their foundation, but 
I'm close enough. And he said, do you know how much work it is to give away that kind of money? They have a staff of eight people that have been working on this thing for 15 years to set up that foundation. He said, so I wasn't about to go down that road. Really? So I, I just gave it to them and said, do what you want with it. So, so that's how he, but, but so isn't that a fabulous story? That's interesting. Cause you wouldn't think that, but I guess when you, I mean, anytime you move any large sums of money anywhere that's scrutinized greatly because they want to know, but I mean, you're Warren Buffett. You can be able to do what you want, what right? You want. Yeah. I mean, he's way cooler than Elon Musk in case you're wondering. You don't know that. You've never met Elon <laughs> Musk. Never, 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 never. I'm just saying, you know, you got this little incense shrine burning here with Elon Musk as we have this. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. The Musk. So no, Elon. so so when we get there, the-, the So who, who's the coolest person you met on the sidelines? Coolest person I met on the sidelines. You know, the, I'll tell you one, one I really enjoyed. And it's more of a story about human beings, and that's why I enjoyed it. The lead singer for Boston was uh, was down there, and he had, his, he had these two bodyguards. And they were great guys. He's, they still text me. and But uh, um, he was like, I sat him down. And I said, hey, man, I got to ask you something. I said, I said, you need to write a book. He's like, uh, that's what they got a ghostwriter wants me to do it. He said, they want me to do a movie of my life on the Hallmark channel. I said, nah, don't do a movie. That's just fake. Write the book. Hallmark channel. You know, don't you believe that? Sensationalized He's Hollywood. there. <laughs> exactly. So, so I said, when did you start believing you, you had talent? He said, actually, I didn't. My brother had all the talent. I didn't have anything. I didn't think I, I'd amount to anything. But you, I said, but here's the thing. You were given a gift to sing that range. Everyone wants to sing that range, that tenor range that rock and rollers do. No one can, but a few people. You know, you got Led Zeppelin and you got, you know what I mean? They hit it, but here's, he could. Here's the, hold that thought. Here's my question. Says the voiceover guy. Oh, I'm not questioning that. Uh, my question to you is this. I'm on the sidelines. I'm playing with my balls because I'm waiting for them to- Your hands are cold. Want me to throw a ball in. Yeah. I look over to my right. I look over to my left. How do I know that's the lead singer from Boston? <laughs> like, because everyone was going up saying hi. And did, does said, he wear a Does he wear a fucking Boston T-shirt? No, no. He that just, one T-shirt that no. every Boston yeah, fan exactly. wears. They have with one the, with the ship the, and like the, the fire underneath. Ship. Yeah, it. like they only made one T-shirt. <laughs> you look over like, hey, man, oh, that's, that's got to be the lead need. singer from Boston. Otherwise, no, he was very nondescript. Was he walking around singing that one song that you always hear? Yeah, but everyone went up to him and said, hey, you know, I, he had a concert in town. We were in uh, Carolina or someplace, and he came to town. They had a concert. But he was cool, huh? But No, but my point about him wasn't he was cool or anything, but I said, you didn't believe in yourself. Do you hear what you're saying? He's like, yeah. So I said, you need to you need to get it, the story up because there are, you know how many musicians? My son's a musician, and he's music major. He's a music therapist now. So do you know how many musicians don't believe in themselves? but they need to hear your story. So they take and take that big step. And you know, you know how many radio guys have voice coaches that, that, that need to take that next step. <laughs> that's but, the biggest, that's the biggest challenge. Amen. Is believing in yourself. Yep. So I said, you got to get the book out. So I don't know if you ever got the book out, but I was so inspired. What book? His life story. Oh, to write one. Yeah. So I was so inspired by the humanness of it and the, you know, how I believe that we're all the same. We all need the kind of the same, some people are able to press into their fears, maybe because they weren't as wounded as much, or maybe there's some personality thing, but, but everyone needs the encouragement more than anything. They need encouragement. And, and there's a great speech. Do you ever see Teddy Roosevelt's speech from the, the, the dare speech? Of course. Amen. That's the speech I'm talking about. That's the, that's the belief that people need to live by is dare versus not to dare and live with those gray souls who know neither twilight, the, the victory nor defeat. If you fall on your face, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was an, a rich industrialist kid. Teddy. He was from Ohio and he inherited a gob of money, but his dream, because he was a very unhealthy child, he had respiratory issues and all this, so they didn't let him do much, but he was a naturalist. So his dream was to have a ranch. So he took this wealth and he went to South Dakota, lost it all. And, and so the dare speech came from the fact that, you know what, you'll feel better if you try and fail than if you never tried at all. 
<laughs> Boom. Up, up goes the arm. So he went back to New York, became the mayor, became this, became the president, and, and hence was, but he rebuilt from ashes. And so he knows that speech is not about, uh, you know, someone else. It's, it's, a, it's a story from his experience. So, so that's why I like those stories as they encourage because and the his, lead singer from Boston made you think of that? Yeah, I was sitting there with him and we were on the bench talking for like an hour and I pregame and uh and I said, "Man, you you do you realize your story needs to get out?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm realizing that." And so, did you know a lot about him before you Never, never. No. But in the 70s I listened to Boston, that's all I knew about Boston. I hadn't listened to them in years. I, I really don't go back to the 70s music. If it comes on, I like it, but, you know, it's, I'm not one of those guys. Keep trying to get that A track in your <laughs> Yeah, in your yeah, I wore them out. Doesn't work. She doesn't work. Chuk, chuk. I, um, you know, that's funny you say that. I guess I didn't know that there were so many debutantes on the side of the uh, field while the football's going on. I'm so focused on the game. You're so focused on the game. Yeah. I don't have time to look for the, I don't know, is it? Is it even appealing to be on the sidelines to watch the game? Very, because of the speed, yeah. But I mean, you you can't, like when you're top of the lower deck, you can like see the whole... No, that's a different experience. Really? I've sat in the front row, and it was like you're on another planet. When you're on the sidelines, the, the D-back coaches with his guys, they're ignoring what's on the field. The quarterback coach, the line coach, the receivers coach, the, you know, the on and on and on. Every position coach has their guys huddled up and they ignore the game and they're thinking about what they can do next time they're out there. And yeah, they'll head will turn up if they hear the crowd roar once in a while. But if it's really bad, they don't even look up then. You know, if someone gets hurt, they don't even look at the guy because they, they, they're in the game. They got to win this thing. It's, it's the intensity. So when you're down there, you're so amazed at how many positions and how many things are going on at once there's a there's it's like a dance and and yet there's a lot of luck you know a guy falls down he he gets tripped and it's an interception and it's the game goes the other way you know so you know Favre gets a high low poor guy <laughs> in, in New Orleans when we were 19 seconds from the Super Bowl and uh and I I came out uh, the locker room they set up this post game show and uh and uh, it was across the hallway and I came out and they, they had the luxury suites coming through there. And I said, you better stop these people because they were getting in my face, heckling me. So we had all our Viking stuff on. And I said, I'm ready to punch one of them. If Favre comes out here, he will punch one of them. So you better shut this hall down because Favre's coming across there to do his post game. Normally they do the post game interview there, but because it was such a big NFC championship game, they said, take this big storage room and set up curtains and made this large media acceptance. So he goes off and his wife was even backed. I said, no, that's Diane. She can, she can come in. Well, he goes across there and comes back, beat up, bruised all over the place. And I, I had a golf cart because uh, we had a player that, I think in Arizona, he got his femur shattered. Mm. And uh, it was in Arizona, I think, back then. And, uh, and he was on the bus. And so I got a cart to get him back to the locker room to be part of the end of the game thing. And I had a cart. I had a key for a golf cart. And I said, hey, Brad, I got, I got a golf cart because... In New Orleans, you got to walk all the way across the field to get to the buses. I said, I, I can, I can get you. You know, you don't have to walk. He goes, uh, Can I cut across the field? I said, Yeah. He goes, I I'll walk. And he just hobbled across the field. That guy was so tough. Was that for publicity? No, it's just because he's just so he's just tough, man. I I'd like to say it's something else, but he's no one saw him. No one's there. It's just uh, there's no one there watching him go across. And there's no cameras. Nothing. He's just a, he was just a tough, tough God. human being. So that's what you were saying before. He's a, he's a different animal. He huh? is. She's just amazing that way. So, so anyway, uh, going back, back, your question on the sidelines and stuff like that. Back. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fast game, but, but, uh, Hey, wait a minute. Is that the lead singer from Boston? <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't recognize him. You wouldn't recognize all of a sudden, my, the Vikings photographer sends me a picture of me talking to Jimmy Buffett. We're laughing. And I go, how'd you know he was Jimmy Buffett? I didn't know he was Jimmy Buffett. Some people told me. So he's all the way across the field with his long lens, and he takes his picture, and he gives it to me later. And, he's got a parrot on his head? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, and so uh, anyway, so so the head coach for the Saints was notorious. He's a, he's a brilliant guy, but tortured uh and and what does that mean 
Oh, that's a really hard one for me to articulate because I don't, I want to say all nice things. Well, anyway. We don't have to say all nice things. Well, he, he we don't was, have, no filter. He was known as an asshole. So they all came up to me. Uh, they, they warned us because when you're doing, when you're doing balls. Is that you gotta, that young guy? Well, I don't know how young he is. He's, he's about your age. But. You can't say when you're doing balls. Dude. <laughs> I threw that in there because you said. So so when the line of scrimmage moves through the bench area, you got to be at the line of scrimmage because when the official says, ball, 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 see, there comes the, the term. You have to pitch him a ball. And so you you don't, they told. You have to go all underhand, right? Yeah. So you, you got to step out in front of the players or thread through the players, this ball to the official and then get off the field. And you know, ideally, if you could stay on the sidelines, but when the when they change lines and the guys are crossing you, you gotta you gotta get around them and get a clear shot so the official can see the ball. And you throw in the ball and you get off. And so they said, you know, try and stay out of the bench area because you know our coach is a real dick, but we know you got to be there. So, um, so we don't we don't listen to that because who do we want to win? We want us to win, right? And and if the officials give you a speech before the game, you're part of the officially officiating crew. If you delay getting a ball and the, the, the clock is still running on the game, which ultimately means if you had possession, you could lose the game. So when we say ball, do whatever you can, get us a ball because you're affecting the outcome of the game. We go, okay, get it. Whoa. And they said, if any coach gives you trouble, I don't care if it's a head coach, you let us know, we'll put him in his place. So we know that because we've been doing this for plenty of times. So I know my power is to tell the head coach to shut up and get the hell out yeah. of here. So, so I see... Peyton go that way. And, and I, I step out and there's a line change. I throw the ball and I, he's moving away from me. And he always held his clipboard or holds his clipboard straight up behind him. And somehow he turned around as I'm back and back off the field. I didn't turn around. I just backed off. Cause you go out and go out quick. I felt something just slightly nick me. And I looked down, it was his clipboard, but it was sticking straight out, you know, 16 inches behind him. He spins around. And he says, Hey, who are you with? I said, Minnesota. He goes, I thought so. And he goes, uh, you can't be in the bench area. I said, I just stood there staring at him. I, I'm sitting here with gray hair staring at him thinking, you know, I know. I can say, <laughs> come here, get this dog off me. So I'm standing there. I, I'm just standing there staring at him with this disappointing look in my face. And he keeps screaming. And, uh, and finally he goes, um, that's what they do to us in other cities. And finally I say, they shouldn't be doing that to you in other cities, coach. He goes. Yeah, that's what they do. And then he walks away. And I'll, I get, I walk away five feet from him and five or more guys from their sidelines swarm me and say, we told you he was an asshole. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. They're very nice. And I said, it wasn't that bad. You know, it was kind of fun actually. And I went over to Jimmy and said, man, your, your boy really bitch slapped me or something. And, uh, and I just rode Jimmy because he's like, uh, I said, what are you doing here anyway? He played a casino and he's like, I bled black and gold since I was a little kid. So so, so I wrote him, but, uh, the interesting thing is the, oh, then it gets weirder. So the rest no of the game, way. yes, way, <laughs> the rest of the game, the Vikings are winning and the whole second half, guess who's walking down the middle of the bench and spins around and stares at me, especially when I was talking to Jimmy was their head coach who should have been in the game watching to get his team to win. You got us that win. Yes, because I was such I was like a Seinfeld episode. Yes. He kept staring at me and I and I just I just stared right back at him. He just kept yelling, no soup for you. <laughs> no soup for you. They um I, that's interesting that there's like like he's wasting his time worrying about what you're doing. That's what really in, when I say tortured OCD, whatever it is, his his thing is uh, he's not that old. He's so smart. He needs like a second game during the game. Well, I was his second game. Oh, really? And yeah, he's smart as heck. But, but I I um, damn it. I uh, what is it? Sean is his name, right? Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let's just check that out. So Elon Musk is is your god. Is that no, what no, 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 no. So what's this rug on the floor that you get down to kneel on every fifteen minutes facing this Elon Musk picture? Oh, he's fifty six. He's no spring chicken. Um, <laughs> a la Elon. I uh, no, 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 no. That was one thing I brought up. I don't know anything about the cat. Yeah, except you worship him. No, I worship the dude. Fella, I want to tell you about. Fella by the name of Jeff Lebowski. 
At least that was the handle his loving parents gave him. And he never had much use for it himself. This Lebowski, he called himself the Dude. Now, Dude, that's a name no one would self-apply where I come from. But then there was a lot about the dude that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Dude, this dude or that dude. <laughs> These are my people. I, uh, I didn't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, uh, just, that was one podcast, but, um, so what's your favorite stadium to go to in the, in the NFL then? Good question. Um, ours, I'll tell you this being at all of them is the coolest. It's the nicest. What's the newest? Ours is probably, well, no, Atlanta and Atlanta's isn't as nice as ours. Is that the Mercedes one? Yeah. Second Mercedes. Other Mercedes is in New Orleans. There's two Mercedes. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But, I, uh, I've heard good things about ours. One of the really cool ones was uh, uh, where uh, USC plays out there at. Uh, um, Come on now. Come on now. Where, where they are going to have their third Olympics. No other venue in the globe has had three Olympics. The 1930-something, the 1980-something, and then we've is got that one. in L.A.? Yeah. The Coliseum. You know what? I was just in Barcelona. Cool. And I went to the Olympic Village there because they had the Olympics in 92, maybe. And uh, it's both very impressive and very sad all in the same place. What's the sadness? It's just sitting there. Well, go to Atlanta. Look how long ago that was. It's still, it's there's still sitting. Olympic Park there. It's so weird. What Why? year did Atlanta have theirs? That's a big focal point of their downtown. Yeah, I have no idea. I uh, 90s. That was maybe? the Richard Jewell situation. Have you seen that movie? I have not. I um, no. I it was it was massive, and I could only imagine when all the people were there. They had the ninety six Olympics. Ninety six. Yeah. I um, yeah. I was blown away. It was it was it was pretty awesome to see, but just weird that it just sits there it's just so dumb really um really a waste of resources hey you know what uh jumping back to an earlier podcast that we did i got a note in uh uh from a listener that uh we need to know more about this uh torn whatever the hell it was in your arm hmm, that bicept. overly graphic description you gave us of how they put it back together but we never heard how it came apart is there a story behind that? There, no, not much of one. But uh, the Lions traveled with good pre-sale. Yeah, <laughs> I, I down uh, downsale that. The Lions used to travel with this rock. It was called the Rock, uh, like an actual rock. It was a six hundred pound rock that they. I thought it was such a negative statement. They had on there, not good enough yet. I think is what it said. And that they were supposed to, all the players when they came out of the locker room were supposed to touch it. And, uh, and it just didn't make sense to have, that's the opposite of Pete Carroll. You know, let's, let's just, uh, you know, reverse psychology, whatever it was. Well, it's all it was, was we were, we were moving that beast and, uh, and it, and my bicep tore off. So it's, uh, you were moving the rock, the rock, they bring it with them. They took it everywhere. Everyone hated it. So and all, you moved it manually. And and all over the country, people say, remember that rock? There was a guy who tore his bicep on it. Dumb son and of a bitch. Yeah, you'll be in Dallas. You'll be in San Diego. And they'll talk about it. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's do they mean. still do it? They still talk. No, they got rid of that rock. A rock? A rock. Not like, not like Dwayne Johnson. Like an actual. It was a boulder. Boulder from the they earth. It had a trunk made for a boulder. Boulder. Were you trying to pick it up by yourself? No, it was it tough was, guy special. <laughs> I could have, you know, but no horse. No, it was it was just that. So they, yeah, no, 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 no. That I didn't. I, I was not aware of the rock from the lion's den. Yeah, no one really talked about that. And you know, some teams have a banner they'll put or a sticker they put up the door, and they all touch it. And every coach has to have a dynamic that tries to motivate guys because, you know the. The interesting thing is it doesn't always work, right? The Lions had a terrible season that year, actually multiple years. And uh <laughs> like we're sick of moving this fucking rock. I around. know. And they that no one touched it. 
It's it's I remember uh Andy Reid, you know, he seems kind of almost docile, you know, you see him. But if you heard his pregame and halftime speeches and postgame, he jumps up and down. He's a big fella and he screams with his highest pitch voice. He sounds like a high school coach. Just he's at the Chiefs now, right? Yeah, and you know, look what happens. You know, he's their dang good team everywhere he goes. And you know, it's it's tragic though. The time they commit, his son was uh, you know, actually, didn't his son die? He oh, he overdosed. I don't remember. Committed suicide. So you know, the the time commitment is so brutal on those guys. Oh, I could only imagine. Hardcore. And then his... Because you traveled with the Chiefs for a while, right? Yeah, and his prodigy. That was way before Andy. That was way before Andy. Andy was at Philly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. That now, you're you're uh, not a, you're not a native Minnesotan, are you? No, from Wisconsin. You're a uh, recovering Packer fan. <laughs> for 10 years, I told the Vikings, you know I'm from Wisconsin. Then I ended up becoming uh, very much a Getting Viking beat fan. up a lot? No, no, I, I think it's good sport to heckle each other. I go home, I really give them heck, and they give me more. Do you, uh, do you go to, when you go to the Packer games, do you know people in the organization there? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Did you work for them then? No, no, I just know, you know, they were friends with people from <laughs> my hometown, and and they're, uh, they're small-town people. And I loved going to Lambeau. I went there once for a game cold, super cold. Yeah, I, I remember once. We started drinking on Friday. So do you know, do you know where, so everyone drinks, right? So I said, uh, I got two, two on that. One's a urination thing for players that we'll go back to. Urination. Yeah. Don't let's forget that. So I, I look at the bench and they got, they have the benches with the, with the painted lines and then a painted number. They don't have seats, right? Just a Oh yeah, yeah, bench. yeah. So I was looking at that and Suck. it was way pregame and there were no one sitting in them and there was a cop there. And I said, man. How wide are those? 19 inches. I said, I grew up here and you put a snowmobile suit on half the people I grew up with, they won't fit in 19 inches. No. I said, so do they get in fights because they don't fit on the bench? They hadn't people fall off. He said, never from that. I said, well, what do they fight about? He said, spilling beer on each other. It's the only reason they fight. But they never, they're very polite about not fitting. So now they rent those seats that they, they bolt on there and then you have that committed space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so they have that. You know what? I was at a Viking game. A buddy of mine's like, hey, I got tickets for the Viking Tampa Bay game. You want to go? I'm like, sure, I'll go, you know. Got your depends ready. And, and they were went. way the hell up there. Like I could almost touch the Teflon. No, no, this was at the Metrodome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just saw uh, they're playing all the classic games. Labo didn't have a low seat until they did that edition. And they did that, uh, uh, they did those classic games. And I watched the Twins game. Boy, that Metrodome was a piece of shit. I was at the game when the, the first, rug. when the Teflon ripped and it, sagged down and they made us all go in the hallway. Oh, really? And all the speakers hung on the cables, but it never touched. Matter of fact, remember when the, when it, when it really Caved broke? in, yeah. So we were set up for that game and, and an equipment manager called me and said, hey, can you get down here? Do you see the news? I said, yeah, I did. And uh, it inverted. And so we already had our locker room set up. So we went down there and, and I went out in this in the stadium and everything was hanging upside down and the cables, it sounded like Halloween. They're going, I said, man, you know that, that puddle up there has got about 30,000 pounds of water. That's going to freeze. And that baby's coming right through here. And, uh, and sure enough, it came right through there. It was ugly. And, uh, it, when it hit that concrete deck, it, the guys, like that one guy on the video that was driving the cart, he said, it sounded like a bomb. Oh. We had to go out and get our equipment off the sidelines. I said, man, we got to get quick. Cause I, I don't want to be underneath all that water. It was a, it was a puddle the size of a tanker truck Damn. just hanging over you on thin Teflon. I said, ah, I don't like the looks of this. So we got it out on the trucks. They said, the league doesn't know where we're going, but we're playing somewhere. Well, Indy was open, but we went to Detroit because Detroit had TV set up and they couldn't set up network fast enough to get the game. So I got a call from the Chiefs who said, hey, we're on the tarmac and the, the, the Giants just showed up next to us. Aren't they supposed to be playing you guys? Because they rerouted them because there was wow. a snowstorm. And I said, yeah, it's bad down here. You know, Tefla, uh, the, the stadium went upside down. We don't know where we're playing. And so they just let them sit there on the tarmac until in Kansas City, until the league figured out where we could go. And they said, well, we have networks set up. And so off we went uh, to Detroit. Because they played at, yeah, the Pontiac Dome or whatever in Detroit, right? At the, at the Ford Field. Ford Field, yeah. There we you brought go. our logo and we took their 
Their locker room, they were really great people and all, yeah. God, what a mess. But I was I was I was there for the Tampa Bay game and it was a Monday night. Yeah. And we got all the way up to our seats and I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's when you had your stroke. Oh my God, are we up here? The th- air is so thin. <laughs> but you're talking about those Packer fans going full throttle. And I'm sitting here on a Monday night and the and the season ticket holders who are that close to the Teflon? Yeah. Those are the real fans. Amen to that. Those are the guys it's like the who ant live races eat. down there. Yeah. I, I but I saw I witnessed a lady get so drunk she fell down the steps. That hurts. On a Monday night. How many before she stopped? Did she roll half the way? She no, yeah, half the way. Half the way. But it's half the way. But it's it's like those people love the game so much and they scream more than you did oh my god i was like i didn't even watch the game i was just watching the shit around me people like people like mixing drinks like they smuggled in a bottle and they're like (laughs) mixing booze and i'm like damn you know and i was talking on an earlier cast um this friend that i have who i do uh when i was doing the bob sansevier show her name is sal and she's diehard she goes to every game she'll go to a couple away games like fanatical, they tailgate, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm a fan. But you I'm, gotta give her my number. I gotta, I gotta see this fan. I'm there for the snacks, man. Oh yeah. But she, she has a group. There's like eight of them, every game, and they may not sit together. They may, you know, they just get whatever seats they get. Hard. But they're going, and she knows more about football than anybody I met. That's I'm on awesome. that Bob Sansevier show with Bob, and uh, I don't know. They got the Bernie Bomberg on there. And then uh, Sal, and then it was usually someone else would mix in. And she's throwing down stuff that- Every I, day she called in? Oh, oh no, she came in. She oh, was she on the show. In. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. She was a great addition. I had her on the pod, this podcast uh, a little while back. I'll probably have her on again once we get closer to football. So she's season. on air now? Uh, she does, uh, well, I don't know. During the pandemic, uh, Sansevier is working from home. Okay. So he's only calling one person at a time. His quality and his, you know, is very low, but it's all him, you know? Okay. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know if she's on regularly right now. Um, but I know up until I was on the show until, I don't know, probably a month ago. Um, we do Tuesdays. He does a show every day. Wow. Um, all about sports. He does one with, um, you know, a couple of people from the, from the KQ morning show. That's actually, passion. Actually, I don't even know if he's still on the KQ morning show. They've mixed that thing up so much now. I don't know. I got to put a call into them. Uh, But yeah, just crazy, crazy fun. I mean, these people who are into this, she is over the top into it. She she showed a picture of her Christmas tree at Christmas, and it's all purple with all Vikings ornaments. What's her day job? Uh, She's working at the Capitol right now. She's got like a real job. But she's, uh, it's funny. She'll laugh when she hears I'm talking about her, but- uh, She's got a uh, she's got all kinds of tattoos, yeah. and she's got a big section saved on her arm for the Lombardi Trophy when no the kidding. when the Vikings win. Yeah, like she's legit fan. Hard. Did she, she actually? She actually. Uh, and by all means, I don't want to, whatever. But she has a job. Like uh, before, she was at the Capitol. She was like, uh, I don't know, something to do in the hair and makeup world. But they had that uh, a Saturday game. It was almost like a pre playoff game or something like that. Like it wasn't on the schedule. And they wouldn't give her the the time off from work, so she quit. <laughs> She's like, I, I'm not I'm not missing the game. This was in my deal. Like you know, I don't miss football. Oh, games. that's hilarious. Yeah, she's a diehard. Shout out to Sal. Hey, she, Sal. She's great. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to get you her info. She's a she's a big fan. You're gonna witness a miracle right in here, right now. All right, right here, right now. I'm gonna go back to something that I actually thought of instead of being stuck in the rabbit hole. The urination. Urination. Thing. I have a note oh, here. Look at that. Two miracles. I make at once. notes. I don't know how to spell urination, but I made a note. <laughs> well, it's dyslexic, so it's urination. So, the thing about football is there's Kissing. no bathroom on the sidelines that's anywhere true. except one stadium, and that's Minnesota right now, and only on the home side. What do they have a porta potty down there? No, we have an actual bathroom. No way. And the architects wanted to take it out. They thought that the players should just climb over the fence, the railing to the suite and use theirs. And and so that's how architects think. But uh, <laughs> we were in Green Bay. Remember Doogie, Jeff Dugan? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Doogie comes up to me and he had played for whatever, nine years or something. And we're in Green Bay and he goes, I got to take a piss. 
I said, uh, okay. He's like, where did I go? I said, right here, Doogie. He's like, what? I said, yeah, I'll hold up a towel. He said, a towel? And Green Bay's intimate. You're, you know how close yeah, yeah. the bench is to the people. I said, yeah, Doogie, or I can run you to the locker room, which is up the stairs and long hallway. And <laughs> he'd miss the next series and coach would be screaming at him. You know, he knew that. So he's like, okay. So I held up a towel and he's, he's on his knee and he goes, man, is this awkward? I said, don't worry about it, Doogie. There's only 10,000 people watching you piss. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, he got it done and he's like, man. So then we were out in uh, Baltimore somewhere number of years later, like five, six years later. And he showed up on a Saturday night when we were setting up the locker room for a Sunday game. And he's like, uh, I said, Hey, Doogie, remember that time? He's like, yeah. He said, I was talking to my friend who's a kicker at San Diego when San Diego had a team. This is a couple of years, probably three, four years ago. And he got caught on TV. And so, uh, I think I know somebody got caught on TV yeah, at some guy. point. And, and we were talking about that because, you know, here's a billions of dollar business but there's no bathroom on the sidelines. And if, if you got to take a doogie, pun intended, then you got to run them off because you're not going to do that in a bucket. Well, what about these players though? They, they're they good for the game? They can- No, think about the concept of athletes and they're expending themselves. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yeah. Every time they come off, we shove a bottle and squirt it in their mouth or force, hold a cup in front of them until they take it and keep drinking because if they dehydrate, you got to run them to the locker room and they got to do an IV and that takes them out of the game for, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. God, there's a lot going on. Oh, it's chaos. It's I thought absolute. it was just a football game. It's total organized chaos. Damn. So, yeah, so it's, it's so, so that's, I think, still hilarious to me that uh, we used to use an ice how ice fishing clam, but the league thought that was too ugly. So they asked that to get off the sideline that you'd go in this little thing on your knee and pee in one of these cups. Why don't these they just bags. give me a porta potty? Come on. And, 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 and Logo it up. Or, you know, they got the big injury tent that you lift up. Yeah. Over. They should just let them use that for the bathroom. But you know, the trainers probably don't want to do that, but, but anyway, <sighs> it's just insanity. So it's so ironic because here here, you know where they usually pee is right in front of the Gatorade table. And that's where everyone comes to get a cup or a lot of players sit down, they drop their helmet on the ground and they sit on those coolers right there. And that's where we tell them to take a knee or that's where they choose to take a knee. So one time my daughter comes down cause she always wanted to be down and it's a guy thing. And, uh, and Sam's down there and I thought, I'm gonna go say hi to Sam. She's running the Gatorade table. And I go over to Sam and, uh, I look to my, Right there, and and I see that big Motorola car, you know, the oh, yeah. $20 million endorsement where they used to, I told you, had two phones on a plastic table. Now they have this monstrous trailer where only a few phones are actually active, but there's literally a dozen phones on the trailer <laughs> because you got to have it big enough where they don't see the word Motorola or whatever they put on it now. Tell the red tell phone is for loading and unloading. That's right. So I look on this thing and it's full of cups, full of, full of piss. Because they wouldn't take a leak in front of the Gatorade because my daughter was there. So <laughs> they went over to that table and they put it put in a cup and they set it on Unreal. the thing. Unreal. So yeah, it's- That it's, seems so basic. It's ridiculous. Give us a bathroom. Amen. But the Wilfs came through. The Wilfs put a shit- uh, uh, Actually, yeah, that's true. They, toilet. I give credit to them, but Dennis really advocated for it. And I bet people are using it all the time, right? Oh yeah, players are in and out of that thing. Hell Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. I got another note here. Something about the Snake River. What do you know about the Snake River? Where the hell did my note go? Houseboat. Houseboat? Oh, best vacation you could ever do in your life. Isn't the snake, oh. but it's the Powell. Lake Powell. Lake Powell. That's that's in Utah, Utah. Nevada border. You want the ultimate vacation. It's, it's, it's not cheap, but it's a dream vacation because it's 104, 110 during the day. And the water is an average of 400 feet deep because they flooded the Grand Canyon, the, the downstream of the Grand Canyon. And it's got calcium carbonate. So it looks like the Caribbean with that aqua color. And you go up these wind tunnels that just sweep back and forth and they go straight up 100 plus feet. And they go down till it's so tight that your boat just goes clunk on both sides. But then as you wind your way out, so you drop a kid back there on a tube and you take a little speedboat cause you, you drag that with your houseboat and you drag them zigzagging all the way out. It's, and you just, you hardly see anybody. Really? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, what's it called? It's called Lake Powell. So there's Lake Powell and Frog Leap and, and stuff like that, where you can rent these houseboats that are actually owned by the uh, parks and 
uh, the, the, the federal government, then they give these leases to these houseboat companies to. So where do you fly into then, Utah? We went into Phoenix because my sister was there and then we drove up to Page. You go to Page, you hit the Walmart and you load up with groceries and then you go and you fix in. So the desert gets windy in the afternoon. And these houseboats, because I rented houseboats a couple of times in Canada and there's, there, it's not as open water as there. And I thought, hey, I'm going to get my money's worth. At, uh, we're going to come in at three o'clock or close to it, you know, because it's a lot of money and I'm going to bring it in at the last day and we'll just hang around because you can, you can just kind of let it in, in neutral and just go down the slide or jump in because the water's bath water. Yeah. And then you climb back on the boat and you go. And so we lollygate because I always like to go a couple of days upstream and then come back. And so all of a sudden I realized I made a mistake because it was it was time to return the boat and the wind was howling. And this is a barge. This isn't like a V-hull. <laughs> it floats sideways fast. goes. And I kept missing. I could not get this. It was a 59 foot houseboat. You know, I could not get this thing into the dock. And I thought, man, they get, you know, you got this huge waiver you sign that if you, if I'm going to hit, I'll not only damage mine, but I'll smash that house because you line up and then you start moving sideways. Yeah. You think you got to figure it out. You start way over here and I kept missing. Got to play the wind. And I didn't know how. And, and finally, they, I, and they said, don't, don't red line the engine. So finally this guy says, Hey, you want help? I said, yeah. He's like, pull up. I'll jump on. I'll bring it in. So I back up and he just guns it. He hits the dock so hard that all the boats on this whole long pier are shaking. There goes the deposit. Yeah, and I said, man, no, it was him. And I said, man, I think I could have done that. And he goes, yeah, I hit it once so hard. There's like a like a, a foot and a half by foot and a half pier. He said, I blew one of those apart. Really? <laughs> like, like, whoa. So the lesson is get in early when the winds are calm. I'm going to check it out. I got to go to Phoenix in August. You will. You bring you go your, in August? Yes. Hotter the better because they have, these things have air conditioning on them and and at night there's no bugs there. That's so you you sometimes hot. you just slept up on the top of everything has like a bee enemy kind of a cover up on because you get a fly bridge so you can drive up top. It's just you're out of the sun but you're warm. As soon as you get hot, you put her in neutral or turn it off and y'all jump in and you climb back on. You bring the whole crew with you. The whole crew. It's oh, just man, it's I'm a dream. We it. went to these these cliffs. There's one cliff we went up and there was a like a thousand year old village up there from the native Americans that was undisturbed. They're a little bit restored by it, but, but basket parts and stuff. I mean, the stuff you see is just unbelievable. So that, that is the best vacation in the United States. As far as, it's considered the best houseboating in the United States and part, and possibly I'm sure that'll North be reflected America. in the, in the price. Well, you can get smaller ones, but you got to book out a year out. But if uh, if you're 80 like me, you book out two weeks out, then you get stuck with the 59 and a half footers. That but, sounds uh, about where I'm at. Well, I got to go drop the kid off at college. Maybe we go a little early. Yeah. St. Thomas? No. Where's your kid's college? Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. Well, yeah. St. Thomas is here. <laughs> I know. I thought you had a kid in school here. No, no. I have one at uh, Grand Canyon University. And I have one that's going to San Diego State in the fall. Oh, cool. Honors program. Uh-huh. 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 So we could swing down early, hit Lake Powell, drop the one off, go drop the other one off. You got to do Lake Powell. Bring everyone, though, because they oh, yeah. it's surreal. It's... You know what, though? Here's the deal I'll make. I'll go do it. I'll rent your 59-footer. Okay. But you got to come run my ice cream store for a week. You know I would love that. Good. I'll pencil you in. Everyone in in uh, Terry Excelsior or whatever would, it. would would be like, hey, Terry was the best ice cream guy. The uh, the Planet of the Apes, the Planet of the Apes was filmed there. Oh, really? So if you've seen the Planet of the Apes, you've seen these kind of humpy Never rocks. Seen it. Yeah, it's it's Never seen it. So I don't think I remember it, but but I've seen pictures of it. How? Where's Lake Powell from Lake Mead? It's very similar. In, in a sense, but Mead is closer to LA, I think, right? I don't know. Isn't Mead the one? No, yeah, Mead's the Mead one. Mead is south of Vegas. Yeah, Mead is the one that the uh, big uh, Hoover, Hoover Dam, Dam is on. Right. And this has uh, a different dam. This is upstream towards the Grand uh, Here's Canyon. another caveat I'll throw at you. Yeah. A good friend of mine, Captain John. Captain John. Captain runs, Jack's brother. Runs Jeep safaris or Jeep excursions in uh moab in utah 
More Western movies have been filmed there than anywhere. And I think he drives boats on Lake Powell. Yes, because Frog's Leap is over by Moab. The wine? No, that's another. You can rent your houseboat out of Frog's Leap. Oh, Frog's or Leap. Or Leapfrog. One of the, I think it's Frog's Leap. Or Frog or, something. Yeah, so you're going to see there's a couple places, but then you drive through Moab coming back. I'm doing it. You got it. You know, that's the number one place in the world for water skiers. Yeah. And and you'll see it early morning. They're they're all out. And then they all disappear at nine o'clock because they're early guys. And then this you. Is, this is going to be the year we don't open the ice cream store so I can do this little adventure. You will not regret it. I'll just leave it shut. This is the last year of family time. It's going to go away. I did that twice out there. And, and we did lots of houseboat trips. And, and all I talk about now is going back out there. As a family, because it's... How do you do that, though? Your kids are old. They'll do it. It's that cool. Wow. You, you, well, college as kids, long as you're paying. Right. But the college <laughs> kids, it seriously is that cool. I'm Let them bring it. friends. You, you will, you will not believe... Who's paying for them? Well, you pay for the boat, and then it's just food. I don't think 60 feet's enough. No, it's huge. There's enough to sleep like 15 people or something. Really? And they have their own bedrooms. Yeah, but you know what? We just had a friend of the family who was whatever, not get along with her family. And uh, they had proposed that she stay with us for a while. And I'm like, all for helping out, whatever. She's great, whatever. But then I'm like, it's going to screw up our little family dynamic. It does we, too, Our pandemic it? dynamic we yeah, have going right now. It does. Where if I go all the way out there for going to houseboat, I don't want to deal with their, because they want to hang out with their friends. And you like to walk around naked and that would be uncomfortable. That Your would be weird. kids are used to it, yeah. That, when I'm playing with my ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Practicing for the football season. No, doing balls. Oh, doing balls. Yeah. Doing balls. That's an edit. Doing balls. All right, sir. We've gotten to the end of another show here. Sweet. You're just uh, you're just uh, the super fan. I I love these stories about the football because you don't ever get to hear that side of it. You know, I would have never thought all those people are on the sidelines. I would have never thought there's no bathroom. Jesus, stupid. But we uh, we will reconvene at another time. Uh, so thanks, Terry, again for coming in. And uh, he will be back with us uh, somewhere down the road, I'm sure. Maybe we'll bring a, uh, a third parte in um, to make some uh, more magic happen. So until then, everybody take care. Stay safe. Hopefully the pandemic is nearing the end. Everybody tune in next week for a little more DK Project. Take care. Adios. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.